Welcome to all of you. This is David Thompson from the Fraser Valley in British Columbia. I want to begin something that's a little bit different in the ministry of the Word of God. I want to begin to just give shorter messages, many messages that are on a particular passage each day that I have meditated on for about 15 minutes before or in a half hour possibly. And so today it is on Psalm 142. So we will read this psalm first. Miskel um, of David, a prayer when he was in the cave, I cried unto the Lord with my voice, with my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. I poured out my complaint before him, I showed before him my trouble. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path. In the way wherein I walked, have they privately laid a snare for me. I looked on my right hand and beheld, but there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me, no man cared for my soul. I cried unto thee, O Lord, I said, Thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. Attend unto my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. Bring my soul out of prison, that I may praise thy name. The righteous shall compass me about, for thou shalt deal bountifully with me. In this passage of scripture, we plainly see that uh, King David is going through a very great trial. His friends that used to go with him into the house of God are actually seeking to kill him. And even the people that he trusted in are betraying him as Saul does his best to usurp what he perceived was happening of God raising David up to replace him. And so he's in this great trial. There are those that think that those that are very spiritual and prophets do not experience being brought very low and going through trials. But this is just not the case because we have Paul the Apostle as an example who went through great suffering and tribulation for the kingdom of God. He mentions being whipped, being among false brethren, and so on. And I'm not going to turn to that passage. Many of us know these passages. He also mentions how he received great revelations from God and had such powerful, intimate fellowship with God, and powerful miracles came through him. And they are recorded, of course, throughout the much of the Pauline epistles and the book of Acts. And yet, Paul the Apostle said that he despaired even of life itself. In fact, that the trials were so great 
that they despaired of even wanting to live. But he said the reason God allowed it was that they would not trust in themselves, but in God that raises the dead. That they would come into a new level, level of intimate faith relationship with God. A love-trust relationship with God. Part of the process of entering into that is described in this psalm. Now, when we enter into such a faith relationship with God, as Paul the Apostle said, it was that they would not trust in themselves, but in what God that raises the dead. It releases the power of God in our lives. How many of us in this hour, and more so as the world is becoming a place that is more unstable, and as it says in the scripture, gross darkness will cover the peoples, speaking of the last days in Isaiah 60. And what does it command us as the people of God to do when the world finds no hope because all the temporal things of this life are being taken from them and all the comforts are being taken, not only from them but from all people, including us? It says and commands us to arise and shine for the glory of God has risen upon thee. And in the midst of darkness, we will know a process that brings us into such a trust, faith, relationship with God that the power of God is released within our lives. That resurrection power that raised Christ from the dead will cause us to transcend above these things in the authority and power of Jesus Christ. So that we know what it is to worship God in the midst of trials and ascend into the heavenlies with him, into a very close place in the realm of the heavenlies while we're still here in our earthly shell of this tabernacle. And King David here describes the trial he's going through and how he feels. God knows the lasting and real essence of our being when trials bring us to the place where we are overwhelmed in our soul through the trial. That is one of the things that God begins to see, as it says in this psalm here that I just read. In verse 3, When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path. God allows trials that he may bring forth that in our soul qualities, a state of faith. The quality of our soul, soul being brought into such a full and complete state of faith. Remember, the word of God says, that faith works by love. So it is out of a love relationship with God, but it involves learning to trust God. That faith is enlarged, and also that love is enlarged. And in this passage of Scripture here, God begins 
to see that faith that is described in P Peter. What does Peter say? Don't think it's strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. And he goes on in the book of Peter, where the believers are going through great trials to tell them that your faith is much more precious than gold. And he likens it unto gold that is being smelted in the fire and all the dross is coming to the surface. And as the dross comes to the surface, is skimmed off. And likewise, through the pressures of trial, those deceptions, those areas in our lives that are not of God are exposed not only to God so that he knows what is the real essence of our soul, that part of our soul that is the real part of our soul that will last forever. But we also have those things that are not of God in our soul brought to the surface so that they are purged from our soul. Now, this is described in the book of Revelation, where it's described in Revelations chapter 7, where John the Apostle sees this great multitude, and he says to the angel, what are these? And the angel says unto him, these are they that have come out of great tribulation and have washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb. When we are in trials and the dross comes to the surface, we see those things in us that are not of God and we abhor it before we couldn't even see it. So how could we abhor it and repent of it? But when we repent of it, we ask for the blood of Christ to cleanse us and we are transformed into the conformity of the image of Jesus Christ, who is in that perfect state of selfless trust in union with the Father on the cross when he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He still said, into thy hands I commit my spirit and did not have a fist of rebellion. Yes, we can't understand, but it's a release to tell God we can't understand as Christ shared and said to the Father, but he was saying it in total trust total trust. It's the burden that causes us to cry out in a trial and say, why God? Why God? But we are, as the word of God says, when we suffer, he says, we are to commit the keeping of our soul unto him, is unto a faithful creator in well-doing in doing what is well. God is so creative in his purposes and plans for our lives that he knows what we can take. He doesn't give us a temptation beyond what we can take. God is able to make a way of escape for those that want to follow him and, and, come and, and have that desire to please him and, and to come through in victory. Yes, we are tempted to fall into unbelief in trials, and we are warned against this danger. Yes, it is in trials that many people fall away from God, and many of them never recover, and they end up in hell even possibly, because they become those that are bitter against God in unbelief. But in 1 John it says, when our heart condemns us, we are to acknowledge that God is greater than our heart and knows all things. And this is what King David is doing here. 
He is pouring out his heart unto God. He is acknowledging that God is greater than his trials. And one of the solutions to overcoming in trials is to do what King David does here. It's to cry with all our heart unto God. Not to go into a fetal state of withdrawal. But to open ourselves up unto God in the midst of the trial. And it means you're going to want to really cry out with your voice. Not only to show God your troubles, but to make supplication with your voice, as King David says here. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and with my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. I poured out my complaint before him. I showed before him my trouble. Brothers and sisters, the word of God says that we're to cast all our cares upon him, for he cares for us. If we really believe he cares for us, why, when we're hurting, would we be quiet and withdraw? Because there's unbelief and we can't understand why God's allowing it. But the answer is to tell God and be aware he's there and to pour out our burdens to him. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path. And I've explained, God is seeing through the trial what is the real part of our soul that will last forever. And the deceptions that are in our soul are being purged out that are not the real essence of who we are as a new creature in Jesus Christ. And those things must fall off that we can be restored to be fully whole in our soul from the distortions that are in our soul of deception, of rebellion, of unbelief, and so on. And we are warned in Hebrews 4 to not harden our heart in the day of temptation and trial. Today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. It is very easy to be hardened in our hearts in this day and age when we get wrapped up in such busyness and there's so many distractions and there's so many temptations as never before in history because we are flooded with material pleasures being presented before us all the time as the most rich kings in the history of this world have never had. But in this hour, those that overcome will have great victory. If in the midst of material prosperity, they learn to trust in God. Yes, in the midst of material prosperity, we can have trials because we end up deceiving ourselves and reaping what we sow. And I myself identify with that totally. People can have the purest intentions like I've had and end up in debt. My motive was totally pure to serve the Lord because I wanted to see the end time move of God's spirit. And I tried to do things on the internet. But God's now bringing me to persevere through this and to break through and I'm trusting him for that, the things I'm doing on the internet. 
But we're all going through things. And I want to share this with you. The secret to overcoming in trials. King David feels totally hopeless. He's brought very low. There's no relief or solution. And his soul feels like he's in a prison. When we are in that state, we need to ask the Lord to bring the state of our soul in imprisonment through the trial out of this state so that we can praise the name of the Lord. That's what King David says here. He says in verse 6, Attend unto my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. Bring my soul out of prison. His soul feels like it's totally imprisoned. It wants to go into a fetal state. It wants to withdraw. It wants to freeze up. It feels frozen because of the trial. So he says, bring my soul out of the state of prison that I might praise your name and glorify you for what you do, God. And that's what he's calling us to do when we're in trials, is to pray to the Lord out of a desperation. Lord, this imprisoned state of my soul, bring me out of it so I can praise you right now. And then he makes declarations. When we are in trials, we are to make declarations of faith, like King David. King David believes God is there watching him. And he says, the righteous shall compass me about. That God's going to bring people around him. Right now he's got people around him he can't trust. That claim to be of God and they betray him. Even the ones that are protecting him in the cave, maybe. Certainly the ones that gave away where the cave was. So they had to flee from it. And so what does he say? He declares that people that he can trust, that are righteous, will surround him. And that God will deal bountifully with him. He knows that God is greater than these circumstances. He trusts in the creative power of God. That he will come through with bountiful blessing because of the trial that he's going through. And that is what God is calling us to do in this day and age is to be overcomers in tribulation to know a faith relationship with him that is unconditional as it says in the word of god though he slay me yet will i trust him god has tested and tried believers from the beginning of time we have the example of job was it not job that said though he slay me yet will i trust him the Lord himself, who took upon us all the sins of creation that have sinned against them with their own free will, so that they might repent, that we as believe, people, human beings, might repent and be saved. In the midst of that, had a perfect union with the Father in faith. He never ceased to be God on the cross. That is false. 
God was manifest in the flesh, and it was God in the flesh that overcame in the flesh. He always maintained his union with the Father in faith, even on the cross, when he experienced the judgment of God and the forsaking of God's presence and fellowship. He still had a soul that was in perfect, selfless trust that did not become unclean with the spirit of rebellion. That is why it says in Romans 1.4 that the resurrection of the dead, that Jesus Christ rose from the dead by the spirit of holiness. That he was raised from the dead because his spirit was totally whole, totally pure, holy, didn't result in rebellion on the cross. And we... The Lord is seeing if we will trust him through trials and experience breakthroughs. And the more we experience those breakthroughs, the more we have hope. And that's why it says in Romans 5, hope doesn't make us shame because we know that God comes through. We begin through the experience to know that God comes through. And so let's learn that God will chasten us as his children because his children, what son is there that he doesn't chasten? It says that those that are truly his sons are chastened often in Hebrews. That this is a sign that we are truly his. What son does he not ch chastise? But we can know that then we are going to be partakers of Christ. For it says, if we suffer with him, we will reign with him. Even in this world, we will come into a place where we will know his powerful authority in our lives. They knew it in the prison. When Paul the apostle was in the midst of that prison, they didn't allow themselves to be overwhelmed. They began to worship and to praise God. And not only was any tendency to be imprisoned and their soul broken. But the prison itself was broken out by the resurrection power with God and multitudes coming into the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so, brothers and sisters, I want to encourage you today to come into that kind of a relationship. Let's be prepared for the trials that are before us, but let us know a relationship with God to the point that we can glory in tribulations because we know every trial we go through means we're going to in the end have a greater blessing not of necessarily material things but of a relationship with God which is the greatest riches of all those are the ones that are truly rich many of those that God has chosen are materially poor it says that in the word of God but they are spiritually very rich the danger of riches is that it can make us spiritually very poor, like the Laodiceans. God deliver us from this world and from a false prosperity gospel that emphasizes prosperity over the cross. Yes, God can, can entrust us with wealth, but when he entrusts us with wealth, it's because we've learned not to trust in uncertain riches but to use those things for the kingdom of God and because we no longer find our pleasure in those things because they are so outward and shallow. 
So brothers and sisters, God wants to bring you to the place where you are perfect entire, wanting nothing. And that involves a process of going through trials. And as Paul the Apostle said to the church, when your obedience is complete, you shall stamp you shall trample Satan under your feet. He's speaking to a body. This is even true of a body of believers. That they will go through a time of testing and come to a place where they will walk in the authority of God and reap that harvest and let it be that it is that his church will become the bride. I am not going to share more than this. This is a small message. That's what it's intended to be. Thank you for listening to this message. Amen. Thank you.